0: Welcome back to Powering Conversation with SP Energy Network Today I'm delighted to be joined by Kim James from Lismore Rugby Club uh, where she is going to chat to me around her incredible story about coming back from breast cancer and getting back to rugby Well welcome to the studio Kim Thank you How are you doing today? I'm really good Good. Yeah, very well, thank Good. you. Uh, so before we kind of dive into your story um, and all that you've been through in the last couple of years, your incredible story for that matter, um, I want to just chat a little bit about kind of, I guess, how you got into rugby and how you ended up in Edinburgh. Obviously, you're not from here, as we will yeah. tell when you start talking. <laughs> um, but how did you first get into rugby and how did you end up in Edinburgh?
1: Um, so I've been in Edinburgh about five years. Um, so I'm, I'm from Bristol, so from right down south. Um, and I met A guy down there um, (laughs) who was from Edinburgh so he always wanted to move back Um, so you know I was happy to do so live in a new city that kind of thing Um, so I got a job up here and everything and we started we lived with his parents for a little bit Um, and then he there was a social at the rugby club he plays rugby he plays rugby so he plays for Lismore and he He was like, come along, you know, the girls are really nice. Everybody's really lovely and friendly. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, okay, sure. Um, So I go to this Oktoberfest and um, he's right. Everybody is so friendly, so lovely, so nice. Um, Obviously they want me to play rugby. That's the main thing. (laughs) And I was so resistant initially, like so, so resistant I think because it can be quite intimidating. Like it's quite an intimidating sport. So um, yeah, so initially I was very, very nervous. but yeah I came down to training started playing five years ago and here we are here we are
0: what did you first like love about the sport or about being part of the rugby community
1: um probably the people because for me being in a new city like it was really difficult to not know anyone and stuff like that and I think that was the main thing that attracted me yeah. you know like 20 plus girls that like all were like so so lovely yeah you know for sure yeah. I think
0: yeah for me like that's the same like the people definitely make rugby 100% yeah um, so obviously you took up the sport five years ago yeah. and you've had a little bit of a turbulent time I guess we could say <laughs> since then so um, back in 2019 do you want to tell us a little bit around kind of what actually happened and, and your journey from there
1: yes yeah, so um, by total chance um, I found a lump in my breast um, I'm not somebody who, like, would say that I, like, check my breasts regularly. Uh I mean, we probably all should, but it's not something that we, like, think to do necessarily. Um, So it was totally by chance. Like, I didn't even... And and I left it for a couple of weeks and I thought, you know, it's probably nothing. I was 26 at the time um, and I was like, you know, what could could it possibly be so young? Um, You know, no family history or anything like that. so I went to my GP um, and they, they referred me on. She said, look, better to be safe than sorry. Like, let's get it checked. It's always better to sort of do these things. Um, and then she referred me on to the breast clinic. I had an appointment, like, not long after. Um, the process was really, really quick. And I had biopsies and I had different tests and stuff like that. Um, and then they called me in after for more tests because They were inconclusive or Mm -hmm. and they were quite not secretive but they were quite aloof about what didn't didn't
0: reassure you (laughs) yeah
1: and so they were like come in for more biopsies and i was like "Mm, okay in the back of your mind thinking is this something but again in the forefront of your mind you think like it it can be me you know so um so yeah then i went back again um by myself because i thought it would be nothing Mm -hmm. and he said can you come back in tomorrow and can you bring somebody? And so immediately I was like, yeah. this is not good. Um, so then yeah, they gave me the diagnosis of um, early stage breast cancer. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, big, obviously like probably I guess one of the worst things yes. that you can hear. How, what, what was your immediate kind of feelings I guess off the back of that?
1: Um, again, like it's a lot of like, why me, sort yeah. of, initially. Yeah. Like it's a lot of um that and then like your mind goes all the way to you know, you think of people who have chemo and stuff like that in like in films and yeah. like it's like the worst thing in the whole world and like losing your hair is obviously yeah. like the biggest horrible thing. Um so it was that for me was the big Yeah, I looked at some of your
0: Instagram posts and they were <laughs> all about your hair. <laughs> was that was that something that did kind of like was I mean, as a woman, it's it's yeah.
1: it's yeah, quite terrifying. A hundred percent. And I think, um, yeah, that was the main thing for me. That was the main big thing, and it was the first question yeah. I asked, yeah. am, am I going to lose my hair? And they yeah. said, yeah. Um, and it's not just the hair on your head. You lose your brows and your lashes 100%. and everything, like all yeah. your hair everywhere. So um, yeah, so that, for me, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I had, I had hair down to my bum, like I had really, really <laughs> long hair. Um, well, it looks great now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: obviously this was also kind of adding fuel to the fire in terms of it was in the in the, in the, in the pandemic. Yeah. How was it obviously going through that during such what was like a, obviously a pretty stressful time for everyone, but yeah. to have something like that happen at that point as well?
1: So um, so luckily my chemo finished just as it was ramping up, just okay. as lockdown was ramping up and things like that. So. Um, sort of towards the end of February was my last chemo session Um, so I had like six all together and I think like shielding and stuff was really difficult Mm -hmm. because I was shielded I think they say it's like three months after chemo you're still vulnerable and you've still got like the toxins in your system and stuff like that so so I was shielding at the time um, so me and my partner were stuck in the house obviously he yeah. couldn't go anywhere his mum was like dropping shopping around Aww. to us and through the window wearing a mask <laughs> and gloves like you think back on these things it's, and sad, it's like it? a crazy time know. um so yeah i was shielded um for a while um and then i had two surgeries during the pandemic um which was pretty horrible yeah pretty bad time
0: how important was your rugby family and the, the rugby communica- community during that time in terms of supporting you and, oh, and everything else? Do
1: you know what? Funnily enough, um, my um, breast cancer nurse was a rugby player. Oh, really? Yeah, how funny. Um, I think she played for Sterling, but so yeah. she, she knew, like, she, we would always catch up about rugby and yeah. things like that. Um, so just a random aside, that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the rugby girls, like, and guys, and like the whole club, I mean, yeah, I I couldn't have asked for better people to support me at the time. Yeah um especially because for me my family were far so my family were still yeah. in bristol they were coming up to visit when they could and and you know came to a couple of chemo sessions but like having no family up in edinburgh yeah meant that you know the rugby team became my family yeah. really um you know and they were there through all the treatment and i think i was quite like open about what i was going through and yeah. like side effects and stuff like that and mm-hmm. i would still go to like the rugby club for like an hour or so if there was a social on I wouldn't stay all night because yeah. I was like obviously exhausted
0: yeah
1: um but it was nice that like people were interested in what was going on and from my point of view it was nice to be able to tell people what the process was yeah and that like okay it is scary and not the nicest thing in the whole wide world but I'm still here yeah and I'm still at the rugby club and I'm still you know as normal as I can be. Definitely, yeah. Is that something you're quite
0: passionate about now in terms of raising awareness around, because obviously like you say you weren't someone that necessarily checked but is that something that you are quite passionate about in terms of raising that awareness?
1: And I think that being a young woman in a team of young women, Mm -hmm. I think it helped open a lot of people's eyes to the whole situation. So I had no family history um, and I don't have the BRCA gene, um, so I don't have that. So it's just like totally random um so i think yeah i think being in a team of young women and being able to like tell them what's going on and how i found the lump and things mm-hmm. like that and all that kind of stuff i think has really helped
0: oh massively and i like i think it's it is so important and like even like chatting to you now i'm like God, you you should come in and chat to to our team and and raise awareness there because it is something that we definitely need to be aware of and we, we don't talk enough about So, moving on to happier times, when did you find out that you were cancer free?
1: Um, So, I. Great question. Probably know that (laughs) date off by heart, really, didn't I? I really thought you would. Uh Um, So, I had my last chemo in February 2020. Cool. And then I had a surgery and then I had a mastectomy in June. Yeah. June. So, it would have been after that point that mm-hmm. I was cancer free so yeah June July 2020 um what was the question sorry just when was it When and I guess off
0: the back of that obviously we heard what you felt when you got the news that you had cancer how was that feeling when you finally got the news that you were cancer free
1: um probably more emotional than yeah. the other side um I think that again it's something that I shared I've shared on social media and you know share with the team and stuff like that and like obviously it's such a nicer thing to be able to share yeah and everyone's so happy for you and it's like yeah there's nothing no feeling like it none and was your immediate thought like let's get back in (laughs) rugby? um (laughs) (laughs) I think once I'd once I'd had it all clear and everything I was like yeah why not yes let's go was was there any
0: like fears around going back to sport and back to rugby a contact sport which obviously
1: yes yeah so my team my my cancer team um so you've got your surgeon your oncologist and your nurses and stuff um it's quite nice you really get to know everyone because you're there and um i think i was one of their youngest patients so like people know who you are and that kind of stuff what age were you when you were diagnosed 26 okay um so yeah it was it was the support of those guys sort of got me back into rugby and yeah. without fear so like I said my breast cancer nurse was a rugby player yeah um so she in they have like weekly meetings to talk about cases and stuff um and she told me she was like I'm really fighting for you to have you know the type of implant breast implant that you can play rugby again And yeah. you know I'm, I'm fighting for you to not have so I was supposed to have radiotherapy yeah um but the way that it sort of the direction it goes in, it was going to nick my lung, um, and so she really fought for that not to happen, yeah. because it would have really affected the, my ability to play rugby yeah. again. Um, so it's great to have the team. Oh, yeah. They know what I do in the sport and stuff like that, so I that helped to le- like stop a lot of fears, um, because obviously, you know, it was. I knew that they were doing the right thing for me to be able to go back to rugby yeah. without being sort of worried about. What's going to happen and, and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and last season obviously you you got back to it. Yes, uh, you played all season. How was it? Did you love it?
1: Yeah, I mean just like normal. Yeah, totally like normal. I think the first couple of um, first couple of games I was obviously really nervous and I have to wear armor now. Yeah. Um, just to be safe. Yeah. But yeah, the first couple of games back was um, yeah, I was really really nervous. Yeah. Um, but because now. Of-
0: being back playing rugby or because of obviously what you've been through and worried about pain and stuff like that? Yeah
1: probably that um more worried about yeah you know I've had a mastectomy on one side yeah so more worried about if I take impact to the chest yeah um you know is something gonna go wrong or because you don't know it's something that they don't tell you about really I guess yeah um so but it was fine it was fine yeah totally fine good good and then I guess like
0: hearing like obviously your incredible story honestly so brave like in terms of just how much you've just taken it all on board and got on with it each step of the way and and honestly hearing you talk about it it's incredible but now looking back is there any advice having been through what you've been through that you would give to someone that is going through something similar or what you've been through um
1: probably that there is an end there mostly most of the time there isn't an an end to it You know treatment feels very long and like the like it's a roller coaster you know some days you're up down all over the place and i think like there is an end to it yeah you know so for me it was and and when i came out of the other side it felt a lot shorter than it did when i was in it yeah um so all in all my treatment was six or seven months yeah without the surgeries um and so i think that was but when I was in it, I was like, I feel like I've been doing this forever. A hundred percent, Um So I think that's probably a bit of advice is like it does come to an end. Yeah. You know. And I guess as well, like, hearing you chat around like
0: your support and stuff, I imagine like a big part of probably what you would advise people to do is, is lean on that support as well around you.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and I think there, there can be quite a taboo around speaking about these things. Yeah. And, and people can be quite cagey about speaking about yeah, Finding a lump or yeah. being worried about a rash or a yeah. something, you know, anything. And I think talking to your friends, your family, your team, yeah. whoever, I think it helps massively.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of to round up uh, some other kind of cool stuff to chat about in terms of you've not only gone back to rugby, but you're also taking on roles in terms of leadership stuff at your rugby club. So in terms of vice captain mm-hmm. of your team yeah. and also vice president of the club. Is that right? Yes. So, of Lesmore Rugby Club. Yep. Um, so, tell me a little bit about how both of those came about and how you found those roles.
1: Um, so, I think that um, the vice-captain role um, is something that I naturally moved into, yeah. um, like as a senior sort of player in the team. Yeah. Um, and I think I know the girls quite well, and um, I feel like I'm quite personable. And, and so, I think for me, it was like a natural progression yeah. into like a leadership role in the team. Um, and you know, initially, I think on game day, like having those chats and yeah, and being the the voice on the team, like on the pitch, can be quite intimidating. Yeah. But actually, when you're in it, like I love it. Yeah, you know, and I I love motivating my team and you know, being the voice for them and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and then club wise, again, I I love Lismore so much. Yeah, you know, they're my they're my family. Yeah, and so I think, um. Again, I wanted to be on the leadership team of the club because I feel like I can make a difference and be the voice for the women yeah. on the committee. Yeah. Um, you know, And be able to speak up about things that are happening on our team that maybe the wider committee don't always see. Okay, and then I've just got one final question which we ask
0: all of our guests. And that is, if you could give a younger version of yourself advice, what would it be?
1: Um, probably enjoy life. And do everything with a smile.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for coming and chat to me today. Honestly, it's been so incredible to hear about your journey and also just thank you for being so open about it and, and speaking so well. So, thank you so much and all the best with your season ahead.
1: Thank you so much.